Life is good, man. Life is good. Although I got into a cute, my, my daughter was up, at, you know, four in the morning last night, uh, which means I was up before sleeping with her. And then at, at eight to get her ready for school. And now she's in this, like, I'm not brushing my teeth phase. And, oh, boy. Like, I hate my teeth. <laughs> my dad has fake teeth because he, he we, we, we're all grinders. Like, my, I had a dentist ask me if I was on meth one time. And I was like, oh. I'm like, that's always a good sign, you know? <laughs> um, so you know, it's one thing. It's one thing when a bo- one of your boys is like, "Jesus, what are you on meth?" It's another thing when a dental professional, yeah, <laughs> who's like sitting all day, is like, "Are you on meth? Do I need to call a counselor for you?" Right? I was like, "Why do you have?" And then, and then my my like sister, she, she so anyway, so my I want my daughter to learn to brush her teeth right. She's only two and a half, but you know, I know they're gonna fall out anyway. So, but I'm trying to get her into that habit, and she won't do it. Like, she's like, no, you know, I want, you know, so now I'm like, brush your teeth or you're going to get a timeout, you know? And now her timeouts are funny. She goes into a room and just laughs, you know? So now I'm like Googling, how do I get my kid to brush your teeth? And they're like, well, make it fun. Put it on her nose. So I did that. And then now it's a comedy routine. And then I'm brushing my teeth instead. So now it's like, a, we're having like a face off, you know, it's a stand up who could, who could budge first. She's going to be late for school. I'm like, you're going to be late for school, but she's happy about that too. You know, everything that I'm saying is like enticing her to not brush her teeth. I'm like, Brie, will you help me? And my wife, she's like, I have to work. And she's yelling at me. She's like, you know, but I'm like, but you got her to brush teeth last time. She goes, you couldn't do my job for 30 seconds. I'm like, what? I'm like, do you understand I stood up on fucking street for five years, giving out flyers when people spit on me, becoming, you know how many jobs I've been fired from as a comic to get to, so now it's a whole thing. So she finally brushed her teeth, but Jesus Christ. My, my wife held her mouth open and then said, don't do that. And, and just, uh, so not, not that I, I called Scott Bayo, because he's a buddy of mine. And I'm like, how did you get your daughter to brush her teeth? And then she, she told me, oh, Renee, the wife said, you got to take her, let her choose her own toothbrush. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I take her to go pick out a toothbrush herself. And, and, even, and then the fucking, the chihuahua that hates me, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling, how do I get my chihuahua to like me? Because this thing gurs at me, even though I'm the one that walks him, I'm the one that feeds him. <laughs> I'm the one that got him. Uh, you built quite a life for yourself out there. Adam, you've done quite a, quite a job on yourself. But they said what you want to do is, you know, right now, it knows that my wife's the one that feeds him. I have to establish myself as I'm the one that makes food for him. So yeah. I'm like, so I, I tell my wife that. She's like, well, yeah, you and it. She's like, you and he both. Because I, she's like, she feeds me too, basically. So right. it's, a, it's a whole, you know, so now we're, uh, it's just like, <laughs> anyway, what are you, you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? Where were you this weekend? Were you on the road? No, I did a show. What did I do? I did a show at the Ha Ha Saturday. Uh, right, right, right. I saw you there. 
I think that's right. That's right. That's right. In fact, that, did you get a haircut since then? Yes. I was going to say, because when I saw you, I was like, God damn, his hair is long. And then you just saw you right now. And I'm like, and God damn, his hair is short. <laughs> no, they said that uh, me and you were the only ones that had good sets. There was like 15 comics there. And they said Adam and Greg are the only ones that killed. Because that it's like the haha is great right now, but it's still so much better inside than outside. Oh, absolutely, because they have the sound restraint, so it isn't super loud the way we like it. And it, they also, you know, outdoors, laughter just goes straight up into the air. It doesn't, no one hears it, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, compress. It doesn't congregate, so. And, like, subtle jokes aren't working. Like, anything they have, like, you have to really oh, yeah. be very, like, presentational. You know, like, I feel like, and that's what I, I realized within three minutes of being on stage. I'm like, okay. They're not getting like the jokes you got to think, like the low energy jokes. I'm like, I really have to kind of be a little broad. And then I was able to kind of like push it, you know, and then I started killing. But a lot of comics are up there and they're like, fuck, why aren't they laughing? And they just fall apart, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about being a good comic is like being a good quarterback. It's like, you know, Tom Brady can throw three fucking picks in a row, still have an amazing game afterwards because he's right. first to adjust. Floyd Mayweather can lose the first three rounds and win the, re and like win the next nine. But certain people, they get into like a bad space and they can never recover. Uh, so, that, so, so that's-, that's Donald Cerrone. <laughs> yeah, Donald, Donald Cerrone. My wife's walking in right now and like playing with her boobs and trying to distract Nice. Me. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Fuck with me. And I'm like- <laughs> so, so I do that to her. But she's on a Zoom call. I come and like, like hang the brain or something. Just to be nice. Good, good. Yeah, I do that. I do that to the wife sometimes too. Very mature. We're, we're, we're very mature. Uh, but yeah, I, I call it I call it Dick Wiggling time, and I just start waving my dick in her face. And I have a song. I'm like Dick Wiggling time. Dick Wiggling time. There was a kid in my boarding school that like they used to hang, all the time. They used to do hang the brain where they you come out with your yeah hanging out your balls. Like, right? Yeah. And there was a kid in a school meeting that stood up and said, "There's no hanging the brain during a school meeting while doing it." And that was his like announcement, <laughs> and he like he, he like got booted pretty quick. That kid, that was that's awesome. pretty funny. Uh, yeah, very funny. Uh, I don't know, man. The road is like right now, like uh, like cruise ships just started again, and they they're like, hey, you want your yeah. cruises? But like, I mean, man, it's just cruise ships. Cruise ships were great when I was like single, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was like fun. Although I still, I one time I had a girl, I had a girlfriend, my ex girlfriend, and we uh. You know, there was like three Asian bachelorette parties, and I was they were on the dance floor, and I was just making out. I was like, they were like grabbing me, and I was being faithful, but I was dancing with all of them. And they're like, "Hey, come back to our room, and like, you could bang all of us, basically." And I didn't, and uh, I still regret that. <laughs> Can I tell you that's the thing when you break up with somebody, you regret all the puss you passed up on when you were together. <laughs> You're like, God damn, I passed up that one, and I passed up that. I did that for all for you, all for you, and you always and think you about. You try to go back sometimes, and it's never oh yeah, you try back. And it, yes, the window does not stay open. The window is firmly closed by the time you get back to. It. Oh God, it's, it's ridiculous. But I thought on cruise ships, like like the big rule was you can't hook up with the. You, with can't, the... you can't because the Indian staff, the Indian, they take it very seriously. Like they go around trying to bust you. They think it's like, this is like, they're like, you know, Beverly Hills cop or something. So you have to like, I used to have to get like a hoodie. Like the breakdancers told me what to do. Cause the breakdancers are the guys getting all the pussy. Cause they're, they're with, getting Yeah. They're slammed. They're with the moms all the time or like, or they're with the, the girls or the, the cougars. So one time they actually, these two breakdancers, Curly, uh, Curly Fries and someone else, 
They, they were, we were in the Bahamas, <laughs> and they, they took these girls and they went skinny dipping in the ocean at like two in the morning because it, it overnighted in the Bahamas. And local yeah. Bahamian guys stole their clothes while they were in the ocean. So they nice. all had to go back to the, the ship naked. Uh, <laughs> but, but you'd have to like get a hoodie, right? And you'd have to get a hoodie and you'd have to like go to the top deck, which is weird because the girl's like, hey, you want to hook up? You have to go to like top deck with a hoodie on and get like a handy overlooking the ocean. So she thinks you're gonna like throw her off. It, it's so, it was so, it was very hard. And then I did that one time and realized that I might be on security cameras, which go to everyone's room. Like everyone has like channel seven on the cruise. A view of the whole thing. Yeah, I think everyone just wanted to get a handy on fucking, you know. Uh, but it was, I mean, I, I used to work some funny, funny cruises. The cruise, I, I always wanted to make a TV show about it because it was like, it really was crazy because you had like the Eastern European girls that worked in like, like one part and they would, they'd like love the black dudes, black comedians. Cause I guess they didn't, a lot of, not a lot of black guys in Slovakia. So those guys right, were like, right. fucking cleaning house there. And then the bottom of the ship, you had like the Thai people and like the Filipinos and there was like sort of a rivalry going on. Uh, and then you had like the Italian Navy that worked on the top of the ship because they were like the, the people driving it. And the, the dancers wanted to hook up with them because then they got like a top view if they move in of the ship. Like that was a big thing for them. It was a, <laughs> it's like a whole other fucking world. Um, yeah. One time I worked with this guy who, this, this comedian who like, he had like the worst game, but the best game. He kind of like McCorkle, where he was like this jack guy. And he would go up to girls and flex and he'd go, it's going to happen. It's going to happen while making a muscle. And he would like bang like 30% of these girls. Like it was, I couldn't believe it. So he would just try to get every girl's number on the shit and give out there. So he went up to one girl who looked like she was like 25. Turned out the girl was like 16. She didn't look older, Ooh. but the girl told her grandma and the grandma told security and they breathalyzed the guy. It was his day off and he was drunk. So then he got like locked in his cruise, in, in his room. So yeah. I had to cover all his shows. I had to do like 27 shows that week. And I had to sneak him Ambien because he couldn't sleep. Uh, and he was on steroids and drunk the whole time. And, uh, he, and then he got like flown off the island in the helicopter. That was, uh, that was a fucking- Yeah, joke. they can't, yeah. If, they, if you offend the passengers, they, that's what happens. They lock you out, they fly you off. That's what I've heard. Then there was a well-known comedian I know who uh, this black dude who like took a girl back to his room. That was the, you don't want to take girls back to your room. There's too many people around, but this dude did it. And then it was time to like disembark the ship, but it was like five or six o'clock in the morning and they like slept through it. So now there's a girl missing from the ship. So now they have like all the dogs out and the security, they're looking for the <laughs> to get to his room, right? And they're like, hey, have you seen this girl? He wakes up, he's like, so she hides in the fucking closet, right? She's naked right. in the closet, right? And he's like, no, I don't know. So they, then the dogs start barking, they open up the closet and she's naked in there. And he's like, how'd she get in there? Uh, <laughs> We've all like, been there. He was like, <laughs> he was like because I'm black or something. Like he started saying because it was black. That's oh my god! He he got banned. But anyway, uh, McCorkle, how are you? Doing good, man. How you doing? Sorry, I was late, man. It's uh, couldn't say no to my daughter. She showed up like literally at two forty-five. Well, two forty-five my time. Like, hey, that's such a surprise you. I'm like, great. I'm starting a podcast in fifteen minutes. So I felt bad. So how did you? Get so I just got to spend some time with her. How did you get her to brush her teeth when she was two or three? Um, actually, my kids just did what I told them to do all the time because I didn't take no for an answer. Like you got told once and then you got spanked. And then I only had to spank my kids maybe two or three times ever because they knew the first time I said it to do it 
or they would get a SWAT. So um, sometimes the disapproval is, I mean, I would never hurt him physically, but the disapproval is more of a deterrent than a, uh, you know, the physical beating they endured. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I didn't, I didn't negotiate with my kids on anything. That's horrible, like, but was, you're like 250 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't negotiate on anything. My kids, and it actually saved my son's life. I think I told you that before. He was running one day at a birthday party and I saw a car flying up the street at 70 miles an hour. He was chasing a ball and I said, Trey, stop. Like he was four years old. He stopped on a dime, did not move. And the car went within like eight feet of him at 70 miles an hour. And then I tried to get the license plate because I was going to murder that person later, but I didn't get it. So, um, yeah, mm. but it's, uh, I don't know, man. I, I didn't tolerate it. My kids, I mean, I didn't beat them. I didn't abuse them, but they knew when I said it, you do it the first time. There was no, there's no negotiation. You do what I tell you to do. So. Yeah. I, I never spanked my daughter. I'm, I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to spank her. Uh, I just can't. It's hard, man. I'll tell you what, though, when she gets to 11 or 12 years old, take her phone. That's the most – that is the best – I took my daughter's phone one time. She was devastated for, like, five days. It was all she talked about. <laughs> I, please have my phone back. I was like, she shouldn't have been mouthy with me, you know. Uh, but she never did it again. She didn't want to lose that phone. So. Damn. All right. So let's talk about – oh, by the way, on the, the worst part about the cruise ships, though, is if you bomb, you're stuck with them all day long. Like, like right. they, they see, they see you. Yeah. And they want to tell you how they think, like – Amy Schumer's funny or Chris whatever, like or they want to give you tips. You know what you should do oh. is instead of doing the, oh, that's the worst. You're like, you know what? It works all the other times. Okay, lady. <laughs> Come see me again. Come to the 10 o'clock. Not, nothing. Or I have to do kid shows. You do G-rated shows. Right, know? right. And then you I would get heckled by parents on kid shows. Uh, that was the one because I don't mind getting. I'm heckled by a three year old or my like four. Would I get it? <laughs> my dad try like not funny. I'm like, let's do this again at ten. Yes. They never. I did out. want to tell you guys. I'm gonna tell you guys. My son went to a clean comedy club last night or two nights ago, and he was sending me clips. It was. I mean, I wouldn't say anything as bad as Brendan Shaw, but it was close. Like this guy was like, uh, my wife wanted to take me on furniture shopping, and I was like, yeah, let's go shopping. That's what I want to do. That was his punchline. And then he's like, Oof. let's go find something for me to put my feet on when I watch TV, right, guys? Like, he was just saying, and my son was, like, in tears laughing because it was so bad. And so now my son's, my son's working on an act. He's going to try it. He said, if those guys can do that, he said, I'm going to get up there. He said, I can't be worse than them. So. That's the problem. Well, that, that's true. And uh, that, I guess that's the silver lining of all that. Right. But it's also, <laughs> you know, they basically sold him a lie, too, because, you know, they're not doing comedy. So, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're going to do better, but it's a pretty low bar. It doesn't mean he's going to – I mean, you, you want to do good. So, right. But hopefully he will. Hopefully he will. If he's anything like you, he's got a shot. I got a complaint. Huh. I got a complaint on a weed dispensary show. I offended someone to like, you know, these comics are too, this guy's too sexist and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you know, it's gotten to the point now where like, that's where it's going, uh, Sean. It's like, do I want, do you want to have everybody, do you, you go out and you're like, hey, guess what? Tonight I'm going to not be offended. Or guess what? I'm not going to have to think. Or I'm not going to this. But you're not going to laugh either a lot of times. It's like, yeah. we're just catering to the person who, or it's like somebody that like is offended by something and then they like tag your brand, your business place of work, but they were never going to come to your show anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, it's like me protesting like tampons. Like, hey, tamp. It's like, what am I going to, anyway, it's fucking ridiculous. Let's talk about fights. All right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, speaking of which, Mayhem's out of jail today. So, uh, I is, that for good right, so is, he, is he done or he's got to go back? No, he, he's done. He's, he's coming back today. I was going to say, do, wait a minute, do they do that? Do they do little overnights? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know if he was out on bail. What kind, I didn't know. <laughs> what kind of prison is like, 
All right, listen, we're going to give you a nine. Go out having a damn a week. Make you back by the morning. All right? like, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, so uh, uh, yeah, Mayhem's out of jail today. Um, and uh, I'm happy for him. I spoke to him. He seems like he's doing pretty well. He's been boxing. I guess he was boxed. There was a, a fight club in jail or something he joined. He said he was doing very well in there. Uh, he said some Mexican dude that was like 250, like hip tossed him, but he got up and submitted him. So he, he, wants to fight, he wants to fight Jake Paul. Uh, he, he wants to, that's his thing. So we're going to- Everybody does. If it, Everybody. If it's not, not Baroni, I, I uh, told him about Aaron Carter versus Lamar Odom. He was dying laughing about that fight. <laughs> um, and then we got to talk about Diego Sanchez's trainer because it's gotten weirder. Just when you think, okay, it's over. Diego Sanchez's trainer, the guy like, Basically found Diego when Diego was at an all-time low. He was divorced. He was losing. He was this, that. He wasn't getting work at Greg Jackson's. Blah, blah, blah. This guy comes in. According to Diego, this guy submitted him in 45 seconds in a wrestling match. I have to see that. I, I, I don't believe that happened. Maybe he got lucky. I, I don't get it. So because of that, Diego is just swore by this guy. So now this guy wanted to see all Diego's health records from the UFC, and they were, like, backing up. They cut Diego, paid him anyway. Gave him two hundred and ten thousand dollars, but that's what he was getting for the fight. But now he says he's now enlisting into the mental health thing, the UFC's thing, because he said, "Hey, Bellator, bare knuckle boxing, PFL, I'm here." It didn't seem like anyone was really jumping at the, you know, to, to get the guy, because he also comes with a lot of baggage. Hence the trainer. The guy went to the trainer meeting. He got into it with Paul Felder, Megan Olivia. He tried to say, "Listen." You know, you guys are not talking about Diego the right way, which you can't tell people how to talk about someone else. And then there was a video, I don't know if you saw it, Sean, where Diego is upside down. Yeah, fighting, getting smacked. And yeah. he's just kicking him in the head. Uh, I don't even know what, to, I'm speechless on that one. Even John Jones is like, this is fucked up. Like when John Jones says this is fucked up, things are fucked up, you know? Oh, um, shit. If anybody's going to be like, I got to try that, it's John Jones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel really bad for him because I think that he's uh, – he's it's like somebody says – Donald Cerrone called him a cult leader, and I, I, pretty much that describes the guy. I mean, it seems like he just is one of these guys that has just has Diego under his spell, and everyone can see it but him. Sean. He's got to be the only – he's got to be the only non-charismatic cult leader in the world. Like, that dude sucks. Like, he uh, – I don't know, man. He's the worst. And, uh, you know, but Diego, I mean, I don't, I don't know Diego personally. He's never quite been all there, even back in the old days. I mean, they're, um, I don't know if you remember when he was using Stevia to purify his water. Do you guys remember Dan Quinn? Yeah. It was on the, on the Stevia thing. One time Diego Sanchez is talking about he's been using Stevia and everybody thinks he's joking. And he pans the camera back and Dan Quinn is at his house mixing up water. So he was training with Dan Quinn 15 years ago, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. He's, uh, Diego's his own guy, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. That guy is, uh, the guy he's with is so obviously it's all about him. That's what everyone had a problem with the fighter meeting. They kept saying, why are the, the you know, the commentator meeting, why do you keep making this about you? Like, why do you keep talking about, oh, you're disparaging my name? Like, who are you, you know? And the uh, same thing he got into with Matt Sarah. And Matt Sarah's like, I don't even know who you are, dude. Like, I don't, like, what are you talking to me for? I don't know who you are. Like, he just, I, that guy sucks. I don't know, man. I feel for Diego. Yeah, Greg? It seems like there are certain uh, trainers and managers in UFC that do seem to take on a certain, you know, kind of uh, allegiance from certain fighters that everyone else is, looks at and goes like, well, that's fucked up. I mean, we saw it with Ronda Rousey and that, uh, that one guy, and then that, that, uh, that one manager that I think 
I don't know. Is he Khabib's manager? He's he's yeah. got a lot of big fighters. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this guy makes Coach Edmund look like uh, Greg Jackson. At least Edmund, yeah. you know, see what you want about him. He didn't know much about, I would say, MMA, but he knew about boxing, and he seems to be somewhat skilled. He's not he's not kicking the guy when he's upside down, you know, or right. whatever. Or he, there's a video of that him. we know about. I mean, he's guys around with a knife. Like he's in a knife in, a, in an octagon with a knife chasing. It's like what the fuck? You know? <laughs> if you can if you can dodge a knife, you can dodge a punch. I wish you would have. Uh, <laughs> I wish you would have said what I thought about Diego or asked me. I would have said, "Well, I hate to kick a guy when he's upside down." I wish I would have thought the same. Thing, but I just now thought of it. So unfortunately, yeah, but you made you doubled back to it. You made it. <laughs> I remember one time I flew to Toledo to do a show. I took three flights. It must have been like, I don't know, six in the morning. There's nobody in the airport except for Diego Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was like, Diego, what are you doing here? And he's like, he, he was going to a church. He was giving a speech at a church with Vitor Belfort. They were on like the church circuit. And this is like, uh, 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 what kind of a church? A <laughs> <laughs> church? Is this one of those churches that that's how they get away with selling weed? Is that what it is? <laughs> weed would be the uh, fucking, you know. So yeah, so uh, all right. So the fights that went on, Michelle Waterson uh, versus Rodriguez. I, I thought it was a good, solid fight, entertaining. Um, you know, Michelle had a, her moments, you know, a couple of those crazy correct. I just think she's too small for 125. That girl just looks so much bigger than her. And Way bigger than her, which is punching straight down into her face. It seems like Waterson's one of those people that's like always going to be like number three or four. And it's just going to be right there around that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, won't become the champion for some, you know, but will always put up a good fight and be entertaining. And she's hot. I mean, her yeah. name is Karate Hottie. Then it kind of takes away from it, the Karate Hottie. When you call yourself the Karate Hottie, I'm sure she didn't give herself a nickname. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I want to give her the nickname, you know, versus uh. someone giving themselves the Karate Hottie. Uh, but I mean, she's a good-looking girl, and uh, that'd be crazy, crazy if someone called himself Big Sexy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Cowboy Cerrone. That's right. I think he trained for Diego. San I think he would have beaten Diego Sanchez. And then when Diego fucking bailed out a week before, he got fucked. Because he would have beaten Diego that night. I mean. Unless I Diego know. turned upside down, then we have no idea. <laughs> if, that's if true. If he got upside true. down the fight, there's no telling what happened. If he walked on his hands <laughs> to him, could have been trouble. And everyone's like, well, we got to give him one more fight. Going, I'm like, why do we have to give him another fight? So he goes out in a win. And he got, the guy's won so many fights. Right, that's the thing is, if he, got, if he does win the next fight, then he's going to be like, great, see, I told you, give me right. the fight. Like, the only way for a guy like this to go out is on a loss. That's the only thing that's going to put him out. And this is a pretty bad – I had a feeling, too, man. I had a feeling this Murano guy, I was like, this guy's young, he's hungry, he knows this is his step-up moment. I could see it in his eyes. But then you don't talk me out of it. The fucking announcers, where they're like, he was so prepared for fucking Diego. He trained harder. He wanted to eat his face off. And now this poor guy's gonna get it instead. And they talked, they talked me off of it. I was like, oh, maybe there's something here I didn't see. And then he went out there and got pummeled. He also trained with Diego for years. So he knew, obviously, if he accepted the fight, he knew he knew what was gonna happen, I think. You know, when you train yeah. years versus Murano. You know, and he wants to go down to 55. I get it. I just think you're right. He's also notoriously bad with money. 
like at one point he had one of those like things that were you're on the lake and you could like jet fucking fly over. Yeah, the, the yeah, 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 yeah. The water jet pack. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's just terrible with money, which is the worst reason to fight is when you're out of money. Uh, because those that's when you get hurt. It seems like a lot of these guys are like, oh, I could pick up a paycheck for whatever and go back. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to tell you, if I did one of those water jetpacks, I'm pretty sure I'd just shoot myself to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> I let go. I just go. I go like this. I go. <laughs> I'd be at the bottom like, up, up, up. I don't know. I mean, certain people like, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, like everyone says, you think Cejudo should come back. Obviously, Cejudo would fuck everybody up if he came back. But the guy- he's got a ton of tread on the tires still. Well, that, yes. But at the same time, he was a four-time state champion. He's been wrestling since he was like five. He won the Olympics. He's a two-time world champion. So he's been doing this for like 20-something, 20 years almost, nothing but this. He knows when it's time to to hang it up. Like, Like, I like it when guys go out on top. I like it when I, I don't like seeing like Ben Askren going in for a money grab against Jake Paul, especially when that fight made no sense to me because Ben Askren made so much money in one FC. He also has fucking five wrestling academies. He's got Bitcoin when it was like eight cents or something. He lives in Wisconsin. I don't think he, he, he owns a farm. Like I understand you can get a half million dollars, you get a half million dollars. But at, the, at another point, it's like, well, is getting knocked out even really worth that money to take time out? I don't know. CTE? Yes. It is? You think so? Uh, without question. Really? No, no I also don't think... Why do you, I also don't why think, think we have every... Out, so. Yeah, it would, no, I think he absolutely knew his job was to go in there and get knocked out. But I think that... Why do you think every one of these guys is like, I'll take Jake Paul. I'll take Jake Paul right now. Not just because they want to see him lose, but because they know there's a million-dollar paycheck behind I, it. I understand it. I understand it. But at a certain point, like your health and your mental health, I, I just think there's like reasons to, I guess you, you are a prize fighter and I, I understand that why you do it. At the same time, it's like a guy like Cejudo who can come back and make a ton of money but doesn't do it right now, I also respect because you also know when you're not in it for the right reasons or when you're not passionate about it, you know? And I feel like that's when guys get hurt. Like BJ Penn coming out of retirement to fight Jake Paul, I think would be fucking horrible. Chuck Liddell said he wants to fight Jake Paul right now. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Because, and again, it's, it, it, there's so much money in it. It's the easiest paycheck you can make. You can barely walk. And then this guy's going to go around <laughs> saying he knocked out Chuck Liddell. Like, fuck, do I want this guy to have BJ Penn and Chuck Liddell on his win record? Like, I mean. Listen, <laughs> I, Ben Ashford was smiling ear to ear as he walked out of that ring. So he wasn't walking out going, oh, my, my record's split. He was oh, like, let's go cash that money. There's something so, wrong with Ben Askren. Something's, ben Askren is like a fucking alien or something. Like him and Roxanne Modifier, I don't think they're real people. Like they're clones. Like they don't get actual <laughs> like, like when people are supposed to feel sad, it's when he's like, dum dum <laughs> <laughs> Something's <laughs> off, man, uh, with that fucking dude. I mean, I mean, McCorkle, you get knocked out by Jake Paul, right? In, 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 yeah. in one minute. Are you laughing and smiling ear to ear afterwards? No, I would be – the only way I'd be laughing is if I was so embarrassed. It's like, what else are you going to do, you know? But that uh, – I don't like losing anything, man. Like, it, despite me joking around all the time and stuff, I was devastated every time I lost. Like, absolutely humiliated. And didn't matter who it was beating me. I just um, – I don't know. I think uh, that may have been what it was with Aspirin. He probably thought it couldn't get any more embarrassing than the fight against Bosley-Dall. And he was like, well, I outdid that. You know, <laughs> like, found a way to outdo it. So, 
Yeah. I think you just saw an easy paycheck and took it. Now everybody's like, give me that check. I'll take it. It's sort of the way everybody. Oh. <laughs> it's sort of the way everybody's rushing over to, to, you know, the PFL for that million because they've seen a couple million bucks go out the door and they're like, the fuck are we doing? And now everybody's showing up. I think it's the exact same syndrome. By the way, I love the PFL. You know, obviously they, they sponsor and blah, blah, blah. And I work for them. They got to figure something out. Like they got to figure out number one, advertising. Like people need to know when the events are on. Uh, it seems like they're going to like the Bellator school of advertising where like, right. like you just kind of scroll into the channel. It's like, Oh, this is great. I didn't expect it. You know? But, yeah. And they're on ESPN though, right? Like are yeah, all of them on ESPN or just they, some they of them? It, but why would they have a commercial on during the UFC? Like, yeah. like, so you're already watching fighting. And then you're like, oh, this week on PFL. You're like, oh, shit, Pettis is there? Like, they can't buy commercial time during other sporting events? Wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Um, Sometimes that's the way it works, man. Sometimes I, I know how the UFC is. They may not allow it. You know, they may – Exactly. They may tell them, like, don't you put another fight league ad. Exactly. So, All right. okay, I mean – Okay, well, that – but even – they have no commercials on ever. I don't see anything that pops up on PFL. Never. Other never. Than, like, and then also – they're a women's division. Like they have a women's 155 pound division, and that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Like, why wouldn't they have like? If you're gonna go for divisions that people don't have, let's have a 105 too, and or right. let's have a. It's just crazy. They have one division, um, and then they don't have. And then the men's division, they don't have 25 or 35 charter 45. It's just a little bit, a little of a clusterfuck there. But I mean, I like the the fact that if you win four fights, you can win a million dollars. Uh, that's pretty damn cool because like I said, Sean, and I was saying this last night is that like, there's no point of having rankings if you're not really going to follow the rankings, even like, right. like this week, you know, Michael Chandler is fighting Charles Oliveira for the interim title belt at 55. But why wouldn't Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje be there when they were like kind of ranked higher than them, you know, right. uh, because he, because they want to rematch the McGregor fight Poirier because that makes money. But then, then the then the number one ranked guy isn't doesn't have the belt, you know. It just doesn't really, like I understand giving people title shots that aren't ranked number one or two. Like like even boxing, you do that. Like the number four guy will get a title shot or something. But don't just give an interim belt to when you have two guys that are arguably ranked higher that aren't fighting there. Does that make any sense right. to you? Yeah, I, would, I wish they would do the tournament format. I think the FC is really against it. I don't know why. I'd love it. Like, if they did, when Khabib retired, if they did an eight-man lightweight tournament, that way you know whoever wins is the best fighter. Like, who wins three fights among the top eight guys, then that is the champ. And uh, I think it – I mean, look at the NCAA tournament. That's way more interesting than it is during the regular season. I just don't uh, – the Grand Prix have always done real well. I just think the, the UFC doesn't like that format. I don't know why. It's weird, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So other fights. Neil Magny. Uh, we got him on the show Thursday. He's one of these guys who only should fight guys ranked higher than him. Because yeah. whenever you think he's gonna win, <laughs> he loses. But when he, yeah. Whenever he's the but that guy. He's the opposite of Donald Cerrone. <laughs> right. But that guy he fought. I, I just uh, I just read um, who who was a really good fighter. Uh, Jeff Neal lost thirty seven pounds the week before. Oh shit! Which is that's crazy. a cut. God damn. Thirty-seven. Yeah, thirty-seven pounds. And he also had some type of uh, illness. He talks about 
I mean, that's a lot. I remember when I, when I wrestled in college, I would lose like 14 pounds. And it was like, I felt like I was going to die. Like I was on, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't fucking move. 37 is insane. Uh, he did seem pretty frustrated for most of the fight. Maybe he was just hangry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, also, your body is not going to work well with that. You're not, your body's not going to. So, yeah. Uh, Maurice Green. Um, I don't know. Oh, my God. Someone get him a wrestling coach. What the fuck was that? He was holding himself down. The fuck was that? But if you're going to get taken down, you can't complain to the ref. Hey, stand us back up. Like, has that ever worked? Looking at the ref and complaining? And the hit, like, the ref's not going to be like, okay. What? Like, it's not. Yeah, no, he was pass. clearly trying. That's the thing. He was holding him, trying to hold him, make it boring so the ref would stand him up. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking stand. It was so dumb. It was the worst strategy. I was like, that, that guy, that was, that was stupid. <laughs> and I like Maurice Green. He's the, he, but. Jeez. When he's on his feet, he's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Kevin Holland was like, this guy needs a wrestling coach. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, Gregor Gillespie, by the way, uh, he, he's a frustrating fighter because, you know, he was a national champion wrestler. In wrestling circuits, he's the man. He's the man. And he fights a guy that was, uh, had lost his weight by five pounds, Ferreira, which I think if your opponent misses weight by five pounds, you should get all the money and not have to fight him. Because you're fighting a guy who's basically halfway up the weight class. I mean, not 170, but like almost at 170. I mean, 160. So five pounds is a lot of money. In, in MMA, it's a lot. In, in, yeah. in, it's just crazy. And uh, he, 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 he outlasted him. He outgrappled him. But I still don't know how good this guy is on his feet. It seems like he doesn't necessarily love fighting. He likes winning, and he's good at fighting. But I don't know, his striking, it's, just, it's strange. What do you think about Gillespie, uh, McCorkle? I'm with you on the weight thing, man. Like, I don't um, – <clears throat> I never miss weight. I never came close to missing weight. And uh, I think there should be more than, what, a 20% penalty because the UFC penalizes you if you lose. Even if it's to a guy that weighed in heavier, they might cut you. And if you don't take the That's fight, true. they might cut you. So, you don't yeah. have – it's like you don't have a choice but to fight or not. And then the guys got it. Some of them guys know, too. They know going in they're not going to make weight. They know – you know your body by that time, and they should tell them, the week of the fight, hey, I'm not going to make weight, or three days out, I don't think I'm going to make weight. And if nothing else, come to an agreement where the other guy doesn't have to cut and make it, you know, if you know you're not going to make it or something. But, yeah, I Stop, I just don't know how you stop it. Like, I think guys are always going to do it one way or another. I think that's true. I think they're always going to do it. I think you actually already nailed it, which is why they keep it, because it forces them to fight. It puts them yeah. in a position to, to go ahead with the fight. They need the fight, so they're not going to put themselves in a position like, well, fair is fair, here's the money. They're not going to do that. They want a fight to happen, whether it's with this guy or somebody else. They want a fight to happen, and the only way to do it is to keep it set up like this. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, but Gillespie, he's good. I mean, he's really good. Uh, people were saying he was the guy to beat Khabib. I don't think he's that good, but – he might be one of those fighters that's frustrating because you know how good he could be because um, his wrestling is so fucking good. That's the thing, man. Being so good at one thing obviously is amazing, but could also be like, like your biggest downfall is that like, you, you don't – like look at how far Askren went. He was a two-time right. world champion with the worst striking I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like, like if, he was less, if he was actually like not as good of a wrestler – he would get better at striking. Um, it's just certain guys, they're, just, they're, they're so good at one thing, they don't learn the other stuff. And 
it's, it's, it's frustrating at the same time, you end up loving it if you're a fan of that thing. You know, if you're a judo fan, you're going to like it when Parisian comes in. If you're a jiu-jitsu fan, you're going to want to see how Gary Tonin does, you know? So if you're a boxing fan, you want to see how this guy, how Clarissa Shields does. So at the same time, it's like for the fighter, when you know you have it in your back pocket, even as a comic, Greg, I mean, like, you know, all right, if, uh, if, if my set goes bad, I can always do crowd work, you know, or if it right, do, right, I, could absolutely. Always go, I could always go dirty or um, I could always do this. But sometimes that could be, I mean, me and you both know comedians that became really good at crowd work and stopped writing jokes. Uh, no, and, that's, that's true, too. That, or I was going to say, or the other way, which is, all right, if the crowd work doesn't work, then I can do material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's funny, but it's funny when you see a crowd work guy who hasn't written new material and they have to downshift into material and it's a really old and bad and you're like, oh, shit, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't have any jokes. Jesus. <laughs> he's like, he's ready for Y2K. Oh. <laughs> Well, a lot of times it's kind of like the television too, you know, you see like you see sometimes these guys who are great at crowd work who are just murderers in the room or they have great energy, they're great physical comedians, they got great stage presence, but then the material doesn't match that and they go on TV and they're like, Ugh, people are like, this guy's not funny, you know, um, I mean, Dane Cook, obviously is an amazing comic, but Dane Cook live and Dane Cook on TV were two different, Dane Cook live in Dane Cook's day, I never saw a physical comic like this. I mean, he was yeah. a murderer. Yeah. Murdered. It didn't necessarily translate to television because the jokes were not as tight as like, but then you see guys like Todd Barry or Gaffigan who live, you're like, yeah, it's funny. But on TV, you're like blown away because yeah. the material is that solid. Um, so, so sometimes it always, I don't know, I'm also on a tangent here. Uh, Bellator. So, <laughs> you guys watch Bellator? No. I did not. All right. No. All right. Well, I didn't anyway. know it was on. So I'll tell you what happened. I knew it. I knew it was on, but it was on Showtime, and I don't have Showtime, so that's what's up. Sergio Pettis is now the champion. Uh, she, he beat Juan Archuleta. I mean, Archuleta just looked like he was there for a sparring contest. He, he did good, but he just didn't do as good as Sergio Pettis. Uh, good for Sergio. Uh, nice kid. Uh, Rumble. Anthony Johnson came back. And he fought a guy that, like, on a two-week notice, and he got fucking cracked. Like, he was almost out on his feet. Yeah. Uh, the guy broke his hand on Rumble's head. Uh, so then he started fighting with one hand. And then Rumble came back in a second and knocked the guy the fuck out. Like, like. I actually did out. see. I did see that fight. I was wrong. I did see that. I forgot. Yeah, I saw that. I was going to say, I think I saw that highlight. But he just got arrested today, Anthony Johnson, for identity theft. <laughs> For losing, for using a credit card that, like, I guess three people had or something, uh, and it's it was like less than five hundred dollars on it. I don't know what the fuck Anthony Johnson's thinking. Uh, Anthony Johnson's his own worst enemy. I like Rumble a lot. He's a sweet, very guy. Bellator move. <laughs> Only Bellator do you win your match. You still got to steal a credit card to pay for your room. <laughs> the fuck. And the thing is, they didn't even, like, put MMA fighter. They just put Anthony Johnson from Fort Lauderdale in the crew. <laughs> it's like, like somebody uh, actually saw it. And I don't know what they're probably, Even the police they didn't know he him. was in Bellator. Totally, exactly. They probably told him, you don't know he's in Bellator. They're like, what is Bellator? <laughs> right. That doesn't like, mean he gets out like, of this, whatever it like, is. 
And he, I don't know what brand of clothing he's wearing. He's going to fucking jail, okay? No, he's in Bellator. I'm in Versace. Who fucking cares? Like, the guy's made a lot of money. I mean, he's made a ton of money in his career. I don't know why he doesn't, why he's using a credit card for $500. I, just the whole thing makes no sense. Uh, it makes no sense. So, um, you know who looked good was MVP against Eric Anderson. MVP, MVP broke this guy's nose. I mean, it was like so broke. I had like an OnlyFans account. The thing was fucking like boom. Uh, nice. It was um, MVP. I want to see him do it against the higher competition, but this dude's good. The guy he beat, and man, those karate guys are hard to fight, man. Like, and you got a guy who specializes. I mean, did you ever have that problem, McCorkle? Uh, I know. I fought, uh, I was trying to think, uh, when I fought Saul Pelele, I knew I was in trouble because when I talked to Monty Cox, who's my agent, I said, what do you think my chances are of winning? He said, not good. And I was like, <laughs> so what if I come in in really good shape? He goes, well, let me tell you. He said, he's an outstanding kickboxer. He's on the Australian Olympic, uh, alternate Olympic team for wrestling. He's a black belt in judo and jujitsu. So I don't see how you beat him, but who knows? And I was like, I started laughing. I was like, that's thanks. He goes, well, I'm being honest with you. So yeah, he's better than better than me at everything so um so i know that feeling that somebody's much better but why did you take the fight because it was four round trip tickets to australia thirty thousand dollars and uh i was planning on actually getting engaged at the time and i was broke so like i was like well i can get thirty thousand and i my agent did say if you can last the first round and a half you'll beat him but good luck lasting around a round and a half because nobody has for a long time and uh Sure enough, he went in the UFC. I think he ran through five or six guys in a row in the first round after he beat me. That got him in the UFC. I remember telling Matt Mitrell, like, this dude would smash you. He's like, yeah, all right, I've watched him fight. He ain't no good. I was like, watch. And he came in the UFC just killing everybody. Then they started steroid testing real heavy, and he got real skinny and uh, didn't uh, fight nearly as well. So I'm not saying he was on steroids, but, uh, yeah, I got stronger just from having him sweat on me. No, he, <laughs> no, he got busted the steroids, right? Did he, I think he uh, I don't know if he popped, but I know that he um, – I, I asked him, I said, I said, why are you retiring? He said, why do you think? And I didn't know what that meant. So I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what to say. But I knew he was 287 when he fought me. And a year or two later in the UFC, he was 244 when he was fighting and didn't look nearly as strong or as aggressive. What's up, guys? Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I mean, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball – and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards. I mean, how cool is that? TV shows and reality TV, which I love to watch. They got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you could imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, the scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, huh? Don't be that guy or girl. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code CLNS50 for your sign up bonus. Use the hashtag betonline. What's up guys? Come back. Wow. Did, but did super I, nice I, guy. One of the nice I remember, guys I ever met. I did an interview with Mark Kerr 
about two years ago, and Mark Kerr looked like, I mean, when I, not not even like like an average guy, like an out of shape, like you would never know that was Mark Kerr. Uh, and Mark Mark Kerr back in when like on the that was the first time I saw MMA was on the Smashing Machine that documentary. Yeah. Which, uh, holy shit. By the way, if you want to see a good documentary I saw recently, uh, it was like, I guess Vice is doing these things on WWE, which I, I haven't been a WWE fan in a while, but they had this thing about, there was a, the worst idea ever in wrestling history. So I guess this guy Vince Russo, you know who Vince Russo is? Yeah, yeah. So he's like a character guy that basically, Greg, he was like a fan who became a, he wrote the magazine and then he was like this like he, they hired him to be in the wwe and he was like the guy that was like all about extreme wrestling or like he was took it to the next level and he, he was a big jerry springer guy he loved jerry springer so he turned mm -hmm. into jerry springer and the ratings just went through the roof and then wcw but so his idea was there was a guy in the locker room uh the guy's name was all these wrestling fans are gonna get mad at me but there's a guy in the locker room uh forgot the guy's name jay or something or uh, where he said, I'm the toughest guy here. I could fuck anybody up. And he didn't, he, and he didn't like this guy, right? So he, so he set up a, an actual tournament where they'd actually fight each other. Like, so they, they, they picked eight guys that were like mid-level wrestlers or struggling or wanted to get in WWE. And they had like a tough man competition of actual fighting. Uh, and the guy that ended up winning was this guy, Bart Gunn. And he was the guy that like no one thought was gonna win. He was like this, like cowboy. They're talking guy. about the brawl for all, right? Yeah, the where they brawl took, yeah, 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 they yeah. brought. It was real. They really boxed and took each other down. You got points for takedowns and points for. Yeah. Or you can knock somebody Dan, out. So. Like Dan Severn won, but barely won his first fight. So then he like retired from it. He's like, man, this is making me look bad. And then they had a bunch of other guys win, and they had this guy like named Doctor Death because they thought he was like, a four-time All-American, and he was like Steve Williams. That, he was the guy that like they thought was gonna win. And this other guy, but he, like, tore his ACL, like, during the fight or something. Bart, so Bart Gunn, like, knocked him the fuck out. He also knocked out this bouncer who was, like, known as the, the pimp. And I'm getting it all wrong. I'm sorry, WWE. <laughs> the godfather. The godfather, right? This guy yeah. was a fucking – so this guy wins, right? And then he actually knocks out the guy that, like, the guy hated him, that Russo hated him. So he wins, right? And he was not – so everyone's mad at him for winning because, like – McMahon and all the other guys wanted like Dr. Death to win, right? So they all wanted him to win. So, they, so then they put him up against Butterbean, who wasn't even in the tournament. Like this guy thought right. I won, he won 75 grand, he was happy. <laughs> He's like, now it's my time. They're gonna make me a star. I'm gonna fight Stone Cold Steve Austin. But they're mad at him for winning. So they put him up against <laughs> Butterbean, but they sent him to boxing school. They're like, hey, we're gonna put you in boxing school for a month, right? So then he tries to become a fucking boxer. And Butterbean knocks him out in like 20 seconds, right? And like out cold. Yeah. And then he goes to Japan. That's his whole fucking career. This fucking poor guy. <laughs> like all the guy did was keep winning. And then he just got fucked. I mean, I get it. I mean, the WWE is used to determining who wins. So oh, I think the, I don't know if that was the worst idea the WWE ever had. I think lowering Owen Hart from the rafters was probably the worst idea they ever had. But that's me. That was pretty bad. He did die from that. And that was awful. Uh, but let, let's go to a more positive uh, thing. But but it was crazy because the fans were booing the Brawl for All because they wanted them to do like because they were all a lot of them were not good fighters. <laughs> like they were just right. <laughs> they, were, they were just tough guys. But I don't know. When I watched the highlights, it was it was pretty entertaining to me. No, Sean. I mean, I like I loved it, man. That's when uh, I wouldn't watch one of the fake matches, but when that was on, I watched it every week, man. I thought that was awesome. 
It was crazy. Because they would still come out in their costumes and outfits, but still box. It was like the greatest, like that Johnny B. Bad guy still looked like Little Richard, but he was getting beat up by some other guy. Like, it was like, it was the greatest uh, idea I thought they ever had. I loved it. And, and then Vince McMahon was such a dick. He had, like, Bart Gunn fight his tag team partner. Like, they're like, right. oh, you guys happen <laughs> to be, like, draw first. <laughs> like, <just> have- <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to go back to that room there that, that night. They go to the hotel, and, like, after the guy knocks him out, it's all, he's all pissed at each other. It was fucking crazy. The whole thing, that was the craziest thing. But it was a great documentary. If you want to see a good documentary, but yeah. I, I don't like Vince after doing that. That was, why put him against, the guy Butterbean was like 65 and like four or something. Like, he's yeah. like Harry Holmes. And Butterbean, though, to his credit, was like, you know, if he would have just brawled like he did in the other fights, he would have had a 50 chance of winning. But he tried to actually become a boxer. And yeah. the guy had no chance. Sometimes, like, you, you're better off going with your instincts i guess right is that what you know what's crazy is i uh, when i fought marius pujanowski the world's strongest man he had shrunk down to like 255 pounds and was trying to become a fighter and i beat him real fast and they were like what do you think he should do i said if i would bulk back up as big as possible and you greg yep oh is he yeah. strong and on a bunch of steroids again so yeah. like i i actually gave him the key to beating me so no, I, I think sometimes, like, sometimes your awkwardness and your natural – it's like, like you said, like, sometimes when you wrestle somebody who has, like, no experience, it's hard to wrestle that person because yeah. they're just fucking crazy. I'm sure we're fighting, too. A lot of times, yeah. like, a little bit of training is worse than no training. Grapple uh, it's, it's with a guy that doesn't know jujitsu, sometimes it's really confusing because you think you know what they're going to do next, and you, they, you don't at all. They're going to go the wrong way or do something different and throw you off, you know? A hundred percent. Uh, so in the PFL last week, I don't know if you guys watched the PFL. No, I thought we just talked about it. <laughs> Do we not? Uh, PFL, no. So last week they had a, it was first of all they had Verdum, right? So Verdum, like all their main guys that allegedly they gave a million dollars signing bonus to, are losing. Like in the like yeah. not even they might not even make the tournament. Anthony Pettis. So Verdum came in. Well, and this is why you never pay someone before services are rendered. <laughs> It's like, you could fight four times and win a million dollars, or we could just give you a million dollars and see how you do. Right. I mean, I think I would just take the million bucks and be like, thanks, dudes. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was a comedian one time that like went to Montreal and got like a development deal. Uh, they gave him like, I don't know, a hundred grand or something. So he gets to the meeting and they're like, hey, so what, what are some of your ideas? And he's like, well, that was it. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, you already gave me a hundred thousand. Like, yeah, but that was to develop ideas. It's like, yeah, my idea was for you to give me a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> that was the idea, and it works. So, um, yeah, you know, you never pay a hooker up front. Well, like one time I, I asked these girls at the comedy club, like, hey, want to go back to my place? I have a hot tub, and I didn't think it would work. Go back to my place, like, where's your hot tub? I'm like, uh, I didn't think that would actually work. Like, but you guys are here. You want to hang out? That's a big So anyway, Verdum. Uh, so so Verdum took the guy. So the Verdum, like, uh, the guy took him down. Verdum puts on a triangle, and the guy taps. But Peterson, but he it was like a one tap. Like, so one tap means you tap, right? Any kind of yeah. tap. But the, the guy tapped once, and then like hesitated, and then. Uh, Keith Peterson's on the wrong side, so he didn't see it. 
So then Verdum kind of like leads up a little bit, and the guy just, the guy keeps fighting, and the guy knocks Verdum out, and then they're like, oh, this guy's the winner, and then Verdum's like, but he tapped, so now they overturned it to a no contest. Uh, I didn't know they overturned it. That's awesome because he did tap. That's great that they at least overturned it. Yeah, but shouldn't he get points? I mean, he's not going to uh, get points now to get to the playoffs or whatever. Oh, I don't know how the playoff thing works. I just know that that was bullshit for that guy to tap and not admit it after. Be like, I didn't tap. Like, it's on film, dude. Yeah. You know, like, you think, and, and you also, think we didn't see that? be on the ref, too. I mean, the ref, I mean, his one job right. is to look for that. How is he fucking, just, what, was he, what was he looking at if not that, you know? If you're refing a Fabrizio Verdum fight and he has the guy in a triangle, I would probably be watching his hands, not the triangle truth. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. might want to you, you might want to look, look for the submission. Everybody. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, dumb. Someone said, you know, Dominic Cruz was, like, cursing out him because he was the guy that, did, like, said he smelled like cigarettes and beer for that fight against Cejudo. Remember, he was, like, mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kayla Harrison won. I don't think anyone's going to beat her. I mean, she's the two-time gold medalist for judo. She's just fucking trains with Nunez, and she's just murdering people. Uh, and the girl, Caitlin Young, who came on the show last week, won. We had her on the show. Uh, she, she won her fight against Cindy Dandwa. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, and then in Bellator, they had uh, Rafael Cabrajo, who lost literally last Friday. And they have him fighting in the LFA this week. I don't, I don't know. Is that even legal? Uh, I'll tell you what. His accountant likes it. <laughs> That's the kid's he's fucking he's making bills. He's uh, like, okay, great. I got that money. Let's go fight over in PFL, try and put some commas in it. I, I got to tell you, though, you keep talking about – you were talking about that Bellator card. It sounded like it was a really good card, actually. It was pretty good. I mean, there was even more fights. Patchy Mix, uh, he looked good. Corrales lost. Hufion Stotts. Uh, they're putting a lot of guys who are really good on the undercard, which is annoying because it's on Showtime Sports, which I have, like, four Showtimes. I don't even get Showtime Sports. So now you got to go on the Bellator YouTube fucking channel to watch it. And oh, my God. That is, so like, dumb. Everybody commenting – so you have to like hide the comments. Otherwise, people are there to like plug their rap album or something. Or it's just, you know, it's, it's just you know so Bellator bad. did that to me after the UFC, UFC released me. Bellator signed me, and they had me on the uh, internet portion. And I was like, I told him, I said, I'm more famous than anyone here. Not that I was that famous, but like I didn't know a single fighter on the card besides me. Like I hadn't even heard of them. And they's like, well, we don't, we're not going to populate our events with a bunch of former UFC guys. I'm like, yeah, why would you want anyone that's known on your televised portion? Like you don't want that. You want all your guys that no one gives a shit about. And I remember the underground was like, wait, I have to go online to watch McCorkle fight, and he's the only one I even know on this card? Like, Yeah, it's so weird, man. It's, it's just really weird. They got a guy, Patchy Mix, who was like, literally just fought for the title, who, who's, who's like 12-1 and one on the undercard. It's crazy. Um, so this week, we got Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. This is an interesting fight because Chandler looks so good in his fight against uh, Hooker. I mean, yeah. he just came out and just obliterated. Took him apart. Took him um, apart. But is it one of those things where it was like he had a big chip on his shoulder? He wants to prove I'm not just a Bellator fighter. I'm, I'm the best in the world. And did he peak then? And now, you know, sometimes it's like hard to keep that ride. You know, like guys, they, yeah. it's like they say the hardest thing to do is to stay there. Getting there is not the hardest part. It's staying there. So does he take the – just put off the gas a little bit, and now doesn't look as good against 
you know, Charles Oliveira, who's been looking like a fucking phenom lately. I mean, just so what do you think happens in this fight, McCorkle? I think Oliveira is overall the better fighter, and I think he should win, but I just have a feeling Chandler's going to knock him out, man. He's been on a streak, and he hits really, really hard. He's hard to take down. Oliveira really impressed me against uh, Tony Ferguson. Like, I was blown away yeah. at how good he looked. But, uh, like I said, I think he's a better fighter. But I said, I just – if I'm going to put money on, I feel like Chandler's going to win. I don't know why. I just feel like he is. Greg? I have the same way. I mean, I, I – the way Chandler looked in his last fight, he looks like a world beater right now on a mission. And I don't – but <coughs> Oliveira is a clever fighter. And I could see him frustrating – Chandler and if he frustrates Chandler he's got a shot and I think that's the one thing that could swing it is otherwise I other if he can't figure out a way to tie him up you know kind of just um make him do things he doesn't want to do that I, I, he might have a chance but otherwise I think Chandler just buzzsaws right through him I mean just based on the way he looked most recently I mean he looked he looked so fantastic it'd be hard to see him not just really beating the shit out of this guy it's also hard though because like he knocked the guy out in but one round, and like, sometimes you don't know how guy a good a guy is if he knocks you out so quickly because, you know, it's just he kind of caught him. He hurt him early, so. But I don't know. You I, guys I, notice we're seeing a lot fewer calf kicks lately since. Yeah, the, I actually have. That's where you said that. I didn't notice. <laughs> I know that too. I was like, lot fewer calf kicks this week than uh, before the last fight. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Chris Weidman. Weidman, for the Weidman break. Also on this card, Benil Dariush taking on Tony Ferguson. Man, I mean, ha Tony Ferguson is the most lovable guy. He'll text me at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Look, I have an idea for a sketch. I'm like, I'm like the awards are nine <laughs> months away. <laughs> and like, like, whatever the idea is, like, there's no way, even if I don't like the idea, I'm gonna, I'm, I can't tell him I don't like it because I like the fact that, like, you know, it's also one of these, it's just a crazy idea. They're usually pretty good ideas. Uh, they're good ideas, but um, I'm just like, bro, like I don't have a studio we can just go right now at four in the morning, shoot the sketch, like <laughs> has to be like for the award show. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but, uh, and Darius is probably the nicest person in the history of people. Uh, the guy in his time off goes like builds churches for like underprivileged kids. He's just the night, like, I once said he tested positive for no testosterone. He's just, like, a <laughs> sweet guy. Uh, and, like, if I, I, I mean, like, if I had him as, like, a son-in-law, my kid's two, so I can't even make that analogy. But, like, let's say my daughter was, like, 20. Uh, he's the kind of guy you'd want to marry your daughter. It's like, yeah, a nice for guy sure. That, like, fight, who's, like, a goes to church and just a just like a good person i don't know anytime there's that much outward show you don't know what's going on behind <laughs> close yeah, I, think he, uh, I think he's trying to paint a picture i'm not buying i don't i don't know man the guy seems like a real sweet guy uh but that hey, right that, and that's exactly what he wants you to think but i don't know if that helps tony ferguson because tony ferguson also seems like one of those dudes that like likes it like to hate the person he's fighting um, and this dude is almost like unhateable. Uh, Ronda Rousey was kind of like that. Like, like Holly Holm was such a nice person. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'm not buying the preacher's daughter my ass. But like, I don't know, man. Yeah, she was also distracted by a thousand other engagements. So yeah, but like Nate Diaz is also one of those dudes. Like Nate Diaz is always gonna get up for a fight where he hates the guy. Oh, uh, for sure. Now that yes, absolutely. Um, so I don't know if fighting Bill Darius is going to help him, 
Um, the way that Ferguson's looked recently, if he doesn't win this fight, maybe it's one of those things where it's like once it goes, it goes, you know. Uh, yeah. He's been taking a lot of damage in them fights, man. A lot of damage. You see a lot more with boxers than you do with MMA fighters where all of a sudden you're like, man, this dude is just not the fighter he once was. Sean, you know? Uh, yeah. I think uh, it's hard to say because Ferguson lost to two really good guys, man. So it's hard to, you know, hard to say that too. Yeah. But I think it's the same thing. I think Ferguson's a much better fighter. Uh, but I watched that UFC countdown or something the night with Darius, and you can't help but, I mean, you talk about, I think the power of positive thinking does mean something, you know, like uh, he's, it seems like everything's lining up for him, man. Like he's got a good team behind him. He's a great place in life. Like from everything they were saying, I changed my mind. I was betting a couple grand on Ferguson. I think I'm going Darius instead, man. Like I think, uh, I just think, I don't know. I just, one of the things where I have a feeling, it's just like, uh, you know, Ferguson's going to have some doubt in his mind. The Darius guy seems convinced he's going to win. Like he, it seems like he's, He's one of them guys like, oh, no, I'm going to win. You know, like he, he just, I don't know. Of course, that doesn't matter if you get knocked out, but uh, I don't know. I was going to say, I was going to say, all that po positive thinking flies right out of your head when you get punched in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you're positive you're going to lose that. Like <laughs> I mean, here, here's what, like, troubles me about this fight, though, was that Tony Ferguson was, like, a great wrestler in high school um, yeah. and a great wrestler in college. You know, he wrestled for a good, legitimate college. Mm, like, he doesn't really use it. Four, four years. And he got taken down for 15 minutes against Charles Oliveira, who's never wrestled day in his life. I mean, he's a, he, I mean, he likes being on his back, this fucking guy. Uh, that's troubling to me. You know, that's a little bit of like, whoa, what's going on here? When, Are you slut shaming Tony Ferguson right now? <laughs> that, that's to me is that that's a weird, that's like, maybe you just didn't expect the guy to take you down and it just threw you, but over and over again, <laughs> Something's crazy about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So that's a little bit. Uh, I think these two guys, I think these two guys, they're both, they, both these guys are tough as nails. And I think they're just going to, I mean, really grind on each other. I think it goes all three rounds. I think it goes to a decision. And I think Darius ends up winning the decision. If Ferguson yeah. loses, maybe they should put him in with Cowboy Cerrone. That way, at least one of them gets a win. You know, like if they're both uh, supposedly done. You know, I, I think. I uh, yeah. Well, again, yeah. Ferguson's taking so much damage. I think he is declining quickly because of it. You know, I mean, I those. I was, yeah, my wife and I were at a UFC fight, and these guys were all walking through the cage. Uh, Dariush went in, and he got knocked out in like twelve seconds. And then Mike Pyle came in. I gave him a hug. He got, and my wife's like, "Stop saying hi to these people." <laughs> <laughs> You're jinxing them. You're jinxing them. <laughs> like, I was like, avoiding eye contact with people I knew because I wanted them to win. Um, now, Caitlin Chukagan, who's a really cool chick. She actually did stand-up comedy one night. Did they that time? Yeah. Like, like she, they, they booked her with, like, all these fighters to do comedy, and no one showed up but her. So <laughs> uh, she's fighting Vivian Araju. She's a grunter, though. She's one of these people that, like, comes from a karate background, like a Monica Sellis, where it's like, huh, huh, yeah, yeah, huh, you know, and like, lots I of wrote, key ops. yeah, a lot of key ops. Like, I wrote, like, I wish I had a girl that would grunt as loud as she did. Like, I go, I go, you know, <laughs> like when she's fighting, I actually have sex with my wife and just keep the sound on. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, she, uh, she has a win over Cavillo. Um, Cavillo is a crazy story. I, I talk about that a little bit. I wrote a joke about that, how, like, her boyfriend cheated on her. So she went to the gym to lose weight. 
uh, and right. get back at him, like get like revenge body. And then like four years later is like ranked in the UFC. <laughs> okay, so either you've told this story so many times or there's like nine female fighters with this story. It's one or the <laughs> other. I can't, and I feel like it's, there's a lot of female fighters with this story. Well, he shows you like, ladies, he's not cheating, he's inspiring you. <laughs> you know, there one time you reminded me. One time I was watching um, a Serena Williams match, and she's one of the. She's a grunter. She's she likes to you know ah ah, and it's like it was like her, and I don't remember who she was playing, but the other girl also was a grunter, and so it became like a almost like a noise competition. <laughs> Like, and, and to a comical level. Like, I was just sitting there dying. My wife's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, listen to this magic. Ah, ah, ah. Like, I mean, every point, it was just hysterical to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, Jockeray's on this card, uh, which I don't know, man. When he got knocked out from being on top of Kevin Holland by Hammerfist, that was like, I mean, Kevin Holland hits hard. But that was a good indicator of maybe it's time to hang it up. Uh, yeah, we seem to have gotten the last, you know, drops of fucking Jacare. Like, he was this legend, and then he finally gets the UFC, and you're like, oh, there's not much left here. <laughs> At the beginning, he was killing everybody. Uh, and then, you know, and then Shane Burgos taking on Barboza. There's a, dude, I remember, speaking of which, I remember I was at the fight when Barboza fought, he fought a hoodie fight, he fought a... Dan Hooker, and this dude, like, everyone was saying stop the fight because Dan Hooker was getting beat up so bad. Everybody in the arena was yelling at the ref, uh, which shows you how good Hooker did. But, like, that was, like, you know, and, and Barbosa's been, like, up and down. You know, he's one of yeah. those, like, uh, Andrea Lee's fighting. She's a fucking hottie and a half. Uh, she's fighting Shevchenko's sister, uh, also a beautiful girl. Andrea Lee's the one whose boyfriend was like, I think he beat her up or something, and he was like on the run in Texas. And then she decided to take an MMA class to lose no, weight. No. <laughs> <And then, laughs> to get back at him, to get revenge body, and to beat him up. It's crazy. And, uh, that's, remember, only, I, that's the only thing that changes, is whether or not he beat her and she wanted to beat him up back, or I she had, just I wanted had, to lose weight. That's the only part of the story that changes. Back in the day, we used to do those, like, remember we used to do those, like, Invicta press conferences on the podcast, but it was just us. There was no press involved. And it was just right, people. Right. Like, That's the, right. That's it was right. a fucking three-way call, basically. So, yeah. so we had Andrea Lee versus, she was fighting uh, Rachel Ostevich. And we had them both on talking shit. And it, they talked no shit to each other. So then we would start talking shit for them. And That's then it became, right. And it became like, well, who do you think's hotter? Or who's better in bed? And then it became like, would you make out with the other one? Like it became <laughs> I got to would you make out with her? Like and then then the boyfriends got on the phone and they cause they didn't know they were like had like and then they oh, that's right. they're like, Who are you talking to? And then they started fighting with each other. Meanwhile, both boyfriends have been arrested since that podcast uh, for, for domestic violence. Both of them were in jail. Uh, the, boy, the, boyfriend I, I, thing, the boyfriend's like, you think your woman's going to beat mine? I'm about to whip her ass to motivate her. You'll see. It, it was crazy. It was like, mm. so that he's in jail. Both are in jail. And both of these girls are single. Uh, Andrea Lee and Shevchenko. No, and, and Ostevich. By the way, Ostevich has now joined Bare Knuckle Boxing. Uh, so it's her, Paige Van Zandt, and that other girl, Pearl Gonzalez, who's a fucking another smoke show. They all have OnlyFans accounts. 
uh, and they're all in bare knuckle boxing. So it's like bare knuckle has signed the three hottest girls who. Well, it sounds like OnlyFans signed them up for some bare knuckle action too. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you want to see the real bare knuckle? The loser of that fight is maybe the guy in front of me. No, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to break out my symbol for this show. And when you hit these, Adam, I'm going to give you a good whoosh, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. Where did McCorkle go? He fucking left. Oh, man. Well, you know, he's got that, you know, middle of the nowhere Wi-Fi. So. Then there's a guy fighting this week, Jamie Pickett, <laughs> fighting a guy who's known as the Beverly Hills Ninja. He used to, I used to train with this guy. Well, I didn't train. I was at the gym and he was there. I want to say I trained with him. I'm not going to be CB Gold. Remember CB told me to train with Michael Chandler? And then, like, that turned into, like, he was at the gym getting autographs while Michael... Right, 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 right. Which, that makes a lot more sense. I mean, there were fighters that I actually did train with. Like, I did train with Dan Hardy for a long time. And I trained with Alan Dubon for a little bit. We wrestled. I wouldn't say we weren't, like, you know, we weren't, like, brothers in arms. Right, you trained with him as in one time. You trained with him, you know. Hardy, you trained with a lot. Like, I was... Right, like, I'm just oh, saying with the, you know... With, with Alan, yeah, yeah. So, with Alan. But uh, there was a guy that was, so this guy, they call him the Beverly Hills Ninja because uh, he's like a black belt in karate and he's from Beverly Hills. Uh, he looks like it too. He looks like the Matt Gates of fucking MMA. He doesn't look like in very good shape though. Uh, he just, so we'll see. His last fight did not go very well. But uh, I, I think it's great when you got a guy from Beverly Hills, they call him the Beverly Hills Ninja. I mean, how do you not root for him? So uh, I'm pretty sure everybody roots for him to get punched in the face. That's what I think. <laughs> Nobody, nobody wants to see the Beverly Hills guy do great. You want to see him get his teeth knocked in by the fucking East Los guy, you know? <laughs> it's like he already has all the advantages, and he gets the... Nah, you want to see him get knocked the fuck out. Well, I actually... The guy, the guy who came to my special was... Uh, there was a guy sitting in the crowd. He was the guy that did that crazy kick where the guy caught his leg. Joaquin Buckley. Remember the guy caught his leg, and he did that crazy, like reverse kicked the yeah. guy's face like, against the guy Impa, I think. And he was fighting him next, the Beverly Hills Ninja. And I was like, you got to come out as like a Compton Ninja or something. <laughs> like, he was like, he was, he was like, you got to be like the other guy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee wants to fight. He's going to 170. He called out Mike Perry. And he called out Robbie Lawler. Um, huh. I don't know what to make of that at all. <laughs> what? I mean, what? <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch either one, but I'd, 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 I'd watch it too. But it just seems a little bit. Uh, um, you think you would want to call out someone, you know, current? You know, like somebody, somebody that would actually advance your career. I feel like a guy like on a two fight losing streak or three fight losing streak. Right? Yeah. I mean, but, but it's his first fight at 170, so maybe he wants to settle in. Oh, right. He wants to find somebody who thinks he can beat. Is that, I mean, I don't know. It's a little strange. I don't know. That the, is the very tat strange. The tattoo in the back of his head is also like Kevin Lee, like, um, like I, because we had his brother on the podcast, Keith Lee, a nice guy. And he says Kevin's just become like one of those dudes that just like, uh, I'll be like, where are you going? I'll be like, Costa Rica by himself. We'll leave the next day uh, for like two weeks, then come back. Like he's kind of become like a, his own guy, like a guy. You know what? Uh, you know what they call that? Being in the CIA. <laughs> <laughs>
Your cover is you're an international fighter. <laughs> that or you like ayahuasca. There's a whole friend of now doing like DMT and ayahuasca. Listen, he's like a, he's he's taking out dictators and fucking you know, overthrowing <laughs> drug lords and shit. He's, and then he comes back, he's like, oh yeah, it's still ayahuasca on the beach. All right, maybe, let's see. maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alan Dubon retired. Uh, he, he retired. It seems like he was mostly a commentator at this point anyway. I think that's a strong move for him. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know how, I, it seemed like he wasn't going to even get to fight the guys in the top 10 or yeah. fighting these other guys that were also like, top 20 guys and they were warriors and he's got a family and he's got a, you know, great look. He's a nice guy. And he, you know, I mean, he's a guy literally when I, when I, when I trained with him, he had never wrestled before. He just had very little wrestling and he, and he, and he went from like a guy that was like a good athlete to the UFC in like five years. And, and he's a nice solid dude. Um, so good for Alan. Uh, Dan you know, you said he wasn't, he wasn't going to get any top 10 fights. I'll tell you what else he didn't get any of my jokes at your wedding. We were at the same time. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Wait, hold oh, on. Did we lose him? McCorkle, what happened? Fuck. Sean. Oh, man. Well, I guess no one else getting your jokes either. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know who else is getting his jokes? The listeners of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we have to find out the jokes that he made uh, at the wedding. Vince Michelle, said he moved to Texas. And... Um, that makes sense. He'll fit in real well there. <laughs> he will. I grew up in Texas. I know Texas very well. He'll do great in Texas. Well, I remember he wanted to fight Gavin Newsom. Like, he kept calling out Gavin Newsom on the podcast. And we're, yeah. like, we're like, Vince, he's not going to fight you. Uh, like, he's actually, like, there's no way Gavin Newsom's going to fight Vince Michelle. What if he loses that fight? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, what were you saying at the jokes at the wedding, Sean? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he just wasn't a fan. Like, I was like, I kept making Charles and Charge jokes because Scott Bale was wearing Chachi jokes and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but he just kept staring at me like he wasn't getting it. He just kept looking at me like weird. And then I made a couple of real racist jokes that were supposed to be funny. And he just kept, I mean, like, not his smile. He was just staring directly at me. I was like, all right. <laughs> Well, I remember a little kid named Cade, adorable little kid, fell in the water fountain. And That's right. Started, started crying. And then Hanato, he, he went in the fountain too. He's like, no, it's cool. It was like that scene from Billy Madison where the kid pees. Yeah, yeah. Everyone pees his pants. I thought um, Hanato actually helped him into, the, like, <laughs> kind of like, kind of excited him into the whole thing. And then was like, oh, ah, see, no, me too, me too. I think, I felt like he, he was a little involved. Uh, Joe Ban beat Mike Perry, right? When they fought her, Mike yeah, Perry. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. yeah, that was probably why I went wrong. I was talking to him. I said, dude, I thought you won that fight. I don't know why they thought you lost. And I can tell you, kept looking at me later on, I realized he beat Mike Perry. And he was probably thinking, why are you saying I lost that fight? Like, I was like, I was like, I can't believe I gave him the decision. I thought you won, and he just kept staring at me. So I don't know. Joe Ben, he's probably thinking, "Is this one of your jokes?" Right. I don't get yeah, any of your jokes. It's so funny because he's like the most polite, rude guy like ever. Like I remember he was he did the podcast and Bubba was there, and Bubba was like fat. Like you could tell Bubba like was not in fight shape. And he goes, "Man, the thing about you, Bubba, is I never know what weight class you're in." <laughs> like, <laughs> But it was like a polite way of saying, like, how fucking bad. Yeah. Um, and then I called them Blubber Jenkins, and Bubba got pissed. I was like, Blubber. oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I love Bubba. Meanwhile, uh, Bubba didn't get my joke at all because I told him he didn't get me a wedding gift, right? And then yeah. he said, then he said, hey, man, don't worry. I go, uh, he goes, I'll get your kid a gift, right? So after he won the, 
the fight last week or two weeks ago, I go, I go, hey, my, my kid likes Barbie doll. Like thinking, hey, you're going to win the million. And he goes, weird text, but okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I, I meant like you're going to win the million and buy my kid Barbie dolls. He goes, you're a comedian, do better. <laughs> yeah, but you're the only person that, that thinks that in that moment, he's going to put these thoughts together. Remember that joke that I made about a week ago? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, that, good point. Good point. All right, I get it. All right. So, yeah. uh, Dan Hardy wants his release from the UFC. I guess, man, so Dan Hardy got mad because Herb Dean made a terrible call. Remember, there was a fight that he should have stopped, and Dan yeah. like, charged the cage and was like, had a word with him. Well, since then, Dan got into it with Herb's wife, I guess. Uh, he told, they told his wife that he was a terrible ref, too. So they basically cut Dan from commentating in the UFC. But I don't know what's going on. I don't know what is going on with Dan, but he wants to be cut totally and still fight again. He wants to fight in Europe. Dan is one of the nicest people I've, I know. Very cool guy. Very respectful. Doesn't always come across that way, I guess, on text or whatever. But uh, he's a good commentator too. I liked his commentary. Yeah. It know. seems like UFC contracts should expire at some point. Like Dan hasn't fought in what seven or eight years. Shouldn't his contract be over? Like it seems like, like at some point you should be able to be like, hey, guys, I wasn't just leaving with the belt and trying to go different motion. It's been nine years. I just would like to fight elsewhere. Right. Yeah, it's strange. Well, and you know what? These are some of the things that if they unionize, they would be able to get those in the contracts. Yeah, and I without wish. You, and without unionizing, they won't be able to get them in the contracts. I mean, I this is... I mean, just, Dan was also... And look, I don't know Herb Dean. I met him a couple times. I know Dan. But I still think Dan was on the wrong. Like, I, I, like you can't run into the octagon and curse out the ref. <laughs> like, like, like right. I mean, he, he overreacted. Uh all right. Well, that's something you either do man-to-man in private or you trash him publicly, which is what I would do, but not at the fight. Like, I would wait on my Twitter the next day and be like, by the way, he should have stopped that fight. Like, but don't – not while a guy's in there trying to ref. Like, you're going to come screaming at him. Like, that's the last thing they need is more pressure. Jason Guida did that one night, and I had to slap him. It was awesome. I didn't know who he was. It was like a ridiculous local fight, and Jason Guida tried to attack the ref that I knew, like, coming there getting his face. It's on film somewhere. Um, but uh, he's a real genius. But, yeah, it's a, that started a war with me and him for, like, nine years. And he kept he tried to confront me at a UFC in Detroit. It was ridiculous with some guys who said they were in the mafia. And I said, usually guys who are in the mafia don't come up and tell you they're in the mafia. That's normally the way it works. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm a made man. Like, really, you could get killed for saying that if you actually were. So, you know, I, I don't remember know. when uh, yeah. at the Staples Center when the Guida brothers tried to fight the Diaz brothers. Yeah, yeah. that's a bad idea. <laughs> them guys, them I, guys are retards, man. I'll tell you, you what, I can't it. stand either of them. You got to feel for these refs a little bit, just a little bit, because they constantly have to walk this line between stopping it too early and stopping it too late. And it yeah. seems like there's, you know, if you don't hit it right where everybody agrees it should end, then, you know, they're going to be people ripping you apart for saying you stole a fight from somebody and people ripping you apart for saying you let a guy get the shit beat out of him. And it's like, I mean, that, that's got to probably be the toughest part about being a ref. I, th- I wish refs were like refs and judges to be former high level fighters because the way when I've refed before, just at local shows, what I always, and I didn't have a license or anything. I don't know if you need one, but I always looked at it as what I want the fight stopped if I was either guy. You know what I mean? Like if I was right, if I was on bottom taking that kind of beating, would I want the fight stopped? Uh, or is there any, would I be thinking I could come back? It's really not that hard, man. I'm sure you guys could even do it, though, like having not fought. If a guy is getting hurt more than he needs to and he's not going to win the fight, you stop the fight. You know, like it's not. It's really not rocket science uh, doing it, man. It's uh, the same thing in judging. If you watch a fight, 
I, when I watch fights, I usually did. If I was judging, I always looked at like minute by minute, like, okay, the last minute this guy won, you know, pretty decisively. If the next minute was even, okay, well, guy A is still winning this fight. If the guy comes back, you know, ferociously the next two minutes, I'm like, okay, now he's losing, you know, like, so it's really not that hard, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know. So if I hear you correctly, I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> you're like it's not that I, I think I agreed with you but I could be wrong I thought we were agreeing I was the worst because like, like to me it just seems like you know and I guess for me it's not really even about about doing it in the ring it's about you know versus the public opinion at, right. uh, of your of what you've done in the ring that that is what I'm saying is the tight rope that these guys seem to have to walk Dude, I, was yeah, I know it's such, I mean in basketball no matter what you do, someone's going to hate you. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. I've had money on a guy before who was almost dead in the cage. And I'm like, why did they stop that? Because I had $2,000 on the guy. You beat up, you know? <laughs> but if I were being honest, I would want him to stop it. Uh, exactly. You're minutes. like, actually, you probably, yeah. Just yeah, stop probably should. Punches yeah. Like, uh, Dude, when I was yeah. like, uh, when I was in high school, my little brother was like, I don't know, seven or eight or not. He was younger. And he used, to, he used to play Little League. He was a good baseball player. But I used to show up to the games and the ump wouldn't show up. So I had my ump stuff. I'm like, I'm the ump. And I would try to like fix the games all the time because my brother would win. <laughs> like I wouldn't call. I was like, I would call strikes all the time. I was like the biggest cheater. But then the kids started blowing it. They started looking at me and giving me the thumbs up. I'm like, hey, fuck! Is that obvious that I'm like throwing this game for my brother? <laughs> like, dude, I ref a I ref a third grade basketball game one time. I threw out three players and the coach in the first quarter for mouthing off to me. I just wasn't in the mood. <laughs> So this player, he's like second or third grade. He gives me a dirty look when I call a foul. I said, guess what? You're out. Double tech. Get out. And he was like, what? His parents said something. I challenged them to a fight. And the coach was like, listen, you really need to watch yourself. I was like, hey, you're out too. Like that or whatever. And then other players like, that's not fair. I was like, you're gone. Like, like they were throwing the whole team out. I never asked yes. me so, Really? Wait a minute. I would have thought you would have been the choice. I mean, the, hey, listen, if we get anybody, I want the guy who threw out most of the coaches and half the team. Right. <laughs> we can get that guy back. Dude, we I couldn't believe when three people in a row got thrown out. Everybody was like, "Man, this is getting intense. Like it's crazy." I just kept throwing. Uh, out. You like you? You're out. Okay, fine. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> so we had a wrestling match. He threw out. He threw out the uh, the snow cone guy. <laughs> For sure. You with the popcorn th out. Get out! Get the fuck. <laughs> like the fuck. You a man. A lot man. Get the new test. Go sell your corn somewhere else. We're playing. <laughs> like, hey, he forgot to start the clock. He's out. Get him out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had a wrestling match against Chaminade, and my assistant coach told me that the other kid's parents was a porn producer for like Evil Angel, like the worst fucking, like the most disgusting porn ever. And this guy was a real dick. We were like arguing over a call. And I was, and th this guy, first of all, like our girl beat like their boy, and he's like, we're going to make fun of him later. I'm like, please don't. Like, I'm like sticking up for his kid, for losing a girl for us, whatever. And then like we're arguing over a call. And he said something to me, and I'm like, hey, what's your day job? <laughs> I, I gotta have the symbol. I gotta have it. I'm making it out next, next week. We're gonna have, we're gonna start using it. It's gonna be like me catching, counting Brandon Schwab jokes. I'll, like, just, I'll be giving you the symbol for all your, all your zingers. I love that, uh, I love that uh, he calls him Schwab like I do, that Greg does. That's awesome. I couldn't yeah. help but think telling that story, Adam, like right before the the kid goes out to wrestle the girl, he's like, listen, I want you to go out there and fuck her up. Yeah, fuck her real hard. Like, I don't know, like that. <laughs> he's a porn producer. Like, I don't, I don't know. So. Dude, there was a kid. There was a, there was a I want you to make her cry while stretching out her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.
Jesus. Dude, dude, there, one of the moms on, on the team, like, I matched it on Tinder. And so she, nice. so she hits me up. She's like, hey, uh, you're really cute, but you coach my kid, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know who she was. Like, I was just swiping right at everybody, right, while, while taking a shit, you know? <laughs> so so then, um, then, like, I tell Brian Swinehart, my other coach, I'm like, dude, look at this mom that I matched with. He goes, let me see that. He goes, dude, I had sex with her, like, 12 years ago. I remember, like, the same woman, right? So, so, like, so it was his kid. Well, yeah. So that was the, the running joke. I was like, Brian, your kid keeps crying. Like every time, kid, like, <laughs> I'm like, Brian, talk to your kid. He doesn't want to wrestle. Like, <laughs> we kept calling him Brian's kid. He didn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. I love, you'd be like, well, wait, what month were you born? Kid, oh, I was born in November. Oh yeah, see, we broke up like in February, so there's no way that that's my kid. <laughs> kid kind of look like Brian, to be honest. Um, oh, hopefully he wasn't. Okay, I'm not gonna. I like Brian. Yeah, well, I think Brian. I did. I called him up because he's like he went all the way into Trump, like beyond. Yeah. He tried to fight everybody on Facebook. Like if you don't, if you yeah. Trump wants to fight you, so I called him up and said I was like part of the Proud Boys. And I wanted to recruit him. I'm like, hey, this is Steve from the, from the Toledo Proud Boys. We want you to become a member. And he's like, yeah, I'm not. I'll, he's like, I agree with some of the stuff you say. I'm like, well, we, we have mixes with the Proud Girls. He's like, I'm in, right? And then he said, <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, we also want you to perform at the Proud Boys comedy shows at the VFWs. <laughs> I had to and then finally, I'm like, dude, it's me, you fucking asshole. He's like, you got me, man. I'm like, you're the most awful fucking guy. And, that, Wouldn't and, have been ironic was, if, and that's what I was referring to mostly about. It. He's just, a, he's such a, genuinely, he's a kind of a, a sweet natured, good, gullible person. That whole other stuff that, you know, listen, everybody had their things. So, yeah. I couldn't help but think of the irony if he joined him but was ashamed of it. That would have been weird. I don't know. <laughs> oh, because he's not proud. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, listen, I'm part of the proud boys, but I don't like to talk about it. Like, Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Dude, that's you ridiculous. Did you ever see their like initiation video? <laughs> no. It's like, like, so it's like seven guys like punch you in the arm while you have to like name like 35 cereals or something. So you're like Rice Krispies while guys, while guys are in. So, so, so it's like a seventh grade sleepover. <laughs> yeah, basically. You have to name like, like Frost. So the guy's like Frosted Flakes, Rice Krispies, Captain Crunch while people are punching him in the arm. Like, <laughs> that's odd. <laughs> Yeah, that's not exactly how you get jumped into most gangs, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, what do you got coming up, Greg? Uh, next Wednesday, the 19th, I'm going to be doing my full headliner set here in L.A., which we never get to do in L.A. We, we do a lot of spots in L.A., but it's always 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But to be able to actually do your, your full uh, headliner set is a rare thing. So I'm going to be doing that next Wednesday night, May 19th, at the Ha Ha Comedy Club, and you can get tickets for that at hahacomedyclub.com. And you, Sean? I'm getting an MRI Thursday. I don't know if that counts. That's about all I got going on. Nice. Now, how much are tickets for that? <laughs> I don't know, but I want, I'll tell you what I told, my, if you want, I told my doctor I need, like, something because I'm extremely claustrophobic, and she immediately keeps me being a drug addict. I'm like, all right, I give it. Like, it, like I don't necessarily need narcotics. Just can you give me anything that maybe make me a little less claustrophobic? It's like, listen, I can't prescribe a bunch of pills. Like, all right. Because no one's ever wanna, been claustrophobic in an MRI before, right? That's unheard yeah. of. Me, so. If you want to see Sean McCorkle get stuck in a tube, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... We're going to be Zooming in. Tickets available at <laughs> MMA Roasted. Uh, so Thursday night, I'm in uh, Temecula. 
you want to show us at adamhuntercomedy.com if you want to know where it is. Uh, and then Friday night, where am I? Friday, I'm at Laughlin, uh, Laughlin, Nevada. Um, and then Saturday. You mean Laughlin, Nevada? Nevada? Yeah, yeah. Saturday, I'm in Bakersfield. I, at first, I thought that was like the name of the comedy club. So did I. I thought it was Laughlin and Laughlin. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I'm playing the Laughlin in Laughlin, Nevada. But no, nope, you're just an illiterate. Okay. Uh, so, so hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me actually read it because I'm not, I should actually say where these places are, right? Uh, but, uh, by the way, Phil, by the way, Phil Baroni called me. He wants to fight Diego Sanchez in bare knuckle boxing. Uh, if you guys think that's a good idea, let me know. What do you guys think? If the Jake Paul thing doesn't work out, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a big old sure. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of picture that fight being on Mike Tyson's punch out and Diego turning upside down during the middle of it, spinning towards you, and then you can't like hit him. It's like some kind of special move he's got. Uh, all right, I'm at Mad Madeline's Grill in Temecula uh, this Thursday night. The Riverside Resort Hotel in Laughlin. Uh, oh, I love the Riverside. Bakersfield, we own the laughs. Hollywood Laugh Factory Sunday night. Uh, I'm at the OB, I'm at the Hollywood Roosevelt on the, the 19, on the 21st. The OB Fuck House in San Diego on the 27th of May. I'm at a new- Hold on house. one second. Did you just say the OB Fuck House? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Are you going to Thailand? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> you're performing at the OB Fuck House in Thailand. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, uh, May 30th, uh, Sunday, I'm at a nudist colony in Temecula. Also, we should call no, that the OB Fuck House. I was going to say, that's the OG Fuck House. <laughs> right. Dude, they have like a nude cruise. Every time I thought they had a nude cruise where everyone's like nude on it. My, my, my friend worked it. Um, he said that it smelled so bad because it turned off the air conditioner. Because otherwise it would freeze. So, um, and then he was the comic on it, and people got offended he was too dirty. The whole crowd was naked. Uh, right. So, and then I'm in, I'm at. Uh, that goes in the category of people. <laughs> June 11th, I'm at our community in French Valley. Uh, June 18th in Temecula. June 18th, I'm at Grapes and Grains in Temecula, as well as the Happy Days Bar and Grill in San Diego. I'm at Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento on June 23rd. Uh, so, if you guys want to come check out. You guys are a lot busier than I am. Uh, monkey, who is your booking agent? Is your booking agent just a monkey with a computer? Just <laughs> <laughs> like, I got you a gig at the bump. <laughs> Mayhem Miller. Mayhem Miller is from jail. Is doing uh, my booking. No kidding. Anyway, so uh, we're going to have, I think Mayhem's going to come back next week. Uh, we'll see how he's doing. Actually, maybe well, I look forward to seeing him. I hope he can. Uh, you know, it's always good to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he 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 he, he, said he can't wait to tell me these fight stories about in jail. I guess there was like some kind of he was training people, but uh, he said one guy was actually pretty good, but he had gang tattoos, uh, so he didn't know how how well he would do. Uh, he had to have to get covered up, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, at uh, one seventy. Anyway, listen. I thought you meant his fighting ability to be affected by the tattoos. I was like, if it didn't hurt Alan Belcher, it ain't gonna hurt anybody. <laughs> like bad tattoos. I, I was gonna say, and then you were like, I guess you can't do that at 170. I'm like, so if you're 155, you can have all the gang tattoos you want. <laughs> like, right. What are you fucking saying here? Oh, 205 <laughs> gang tattoos, but not 170. That is the one division can't have gang tattoos. Like I hate cutting to 55, but you know this, uh, this tattoo. These tattoos, yeah, they don't erase. So. Anyway, you guys are the best. This makes me laugh every week. Stay man. All right, brother. I love you. We'll talk soon. More. Take care.